0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Recorded live.
1: All right, welcome back to another edition of the Golden Goal podcast. Uh, My name is James Carr. You can find me on Twitter at JamesCarr89. I'm joined, as always, by Drew Collins. You can find him at CollinsDrew. Drew, Drew, the Champions League is
0: back. How are you feeling? Um, You know, I'm glad Liverpool isn't in it. Uh, We were a disgrace last year, but it seems as if all the other English teams, uh, save Chelsea, have um, followed suit and looked poor as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. I don't know. um, I can't. I'm honestly like feeling a little bit of shock because you just said you're collab, you're not in the Champions League and you're a Liverpool fan, but, you
0: know... Oh, no, no, but some... hey, 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 Jimmy, I've got the Europa League coming off today at 1, so who isn't excited about
1: that? <laughs> yeah, well, excuse me, excuse me, I apologize. Right. No offense meant right. to the Europa League, of course. Um, before we get in any further, uh, we are also joined this week by Greg Howard. He's a uh, staff writer over at Deadspin. Uh, he's also a huge Arsenal fan, so um, perhaps Drew taking a little shot there at, at Arsenal for um, a fairly standard, uh, below par performance in the Champions League. Greg, I know you're probably excited the Champions League is back, but tell us initial reactions to game one. I mean, I was, I don't know. I was, you
2: know, first of all, that's a little disrespectful, Drew. <laughs> 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 Just wanted to get that out the way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's more the same. Um, we make the Champions League and, uh, you know, we lose to some or, uh, you know, one or some teams that we shouldn't, and then we second the group and we draw like Bayern or Barcelona, and, you know, we get blown out and then have this throwaway to one victory over them on our way out the door. It's It's <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty standard, you know. And uh yeah. it's it's a it's a racket, really, because because you know on their best day, and if they catch you know on their best day after Byron beat them, you know three one or 3-0 or you know or Monaco or anyone, um, you know if, Ar- if Arsenal is desperate and the other team already lives, they're through, then yeah, of course they look you know gorgeous against some of the best teams in have. You know? (laughs) Right. But, you know, it's a racket. I hate them. I hate that. (laughs) I chose uh, to be, you know, an Arsenal fan. I don't know why I did that to myself.
1: Well, how did you become an Arsenal fan? Um, I was watching
2: the uh, 98 World Cup when I was 10, and um, I really was a huge uh, Zendin Dadok fan, and he was... That's the year that they won the World Cup, and there was, like, this this uh, young black dude who was really, really fast and um, who I liked a lot coming off the bench named Thierry Henry. And um, the next season, he, he signed with Arsenal. And, you know, and so I'm an, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm also uh, – then he went to Barcelona, and I'm a Barcelona fan. I'm a little bit of a Juventus fan. It's kind of wherever he was, <laughs> you know, right. I, uh you know i uh that's who i you know kind of support, but no one as vocally or um as strongly or you know heartbreakingly as <laughs> controversial yeah
1: well i I'm wondering that if that makes you uh i know you're based in new york are you are you a red bulls fan or are you sticking with the new NYCFC guys i um,
2: i i guess I was a red bulls fan
1: yeah I, I mean i
2: i got to see pierre henry last year play. I've seen him play a few times. but I got to see him play against Arsenal last summer, um, before last season, and that was that was really really awesome. He was playing like defensive midfielder and just like bossing it. Uh, he was just you know just playing circles around um, around Arsenal. And he was just like this old dude who wasn't running. That's was like that was like it was you know that was an actual special moment.
1: But yeah, I guess I, I
2: guess if I had to pick a team, I, I would I would go Red Bulls and DC United.
1: There you go. Um, all right, well, I uh, wanted to just move on a little bit, um, but sticking with the theme of Arsenal, Drew, you and I, before the uh, call, were talking um, a little bit about um, Georgia football, as we tend to do. Uh, Drew is actually heading to uh, Athens this weekend to uh, check in on the dogs as they take on South Carolina, and um, I was just We've been talking about Yaya, uh, but also Arsene Wenger and his tenure overall uh, at Arsenal, and we just sort of came to the conclusion that the the Mark Rich story and the Arsene Wenger story are, or they have a lot of parallels. I was wondering if you could take take our uh, audience through through that a little bit. Um, there was a story on Bleacher Report that we had checked out that was talking about the resurgence of Arsene Wenger, and it may have been. A little bit of hyperbole. Drew, what were you thinking as you read that story? Uh,
0: well, if I can re- rewind a little bit, you know, a constant, uh, one of the constant themes besides hating FIFA on this podcast is uh, paralleling college football uh, to the EPL, and it, it does it so well and so nicely, and as a, as a Georgia fan, um, I think one of the reasons I, it wasn't an Arsenal fan is because they reminded me of Georgia just so much and, like, the heartbreak that a Georgia fan usually constantly goes through. And, you know, they're, they're really well run. They have beautiful stadium. Um, financially, they're, you know, they're far and beyond a, a lot of other uh, clubs and schools, uh, great talent, never seem to get, you know, to that pinnacle. Like, Georgia hasn't won a national championship in, what, 30, 40 years now, and Arsenal, I don't believe they've ever won a Champions league. Um, and then you have a manager like Arsene Wenger when we were reading this article. It just, you know, it brought it up even, even to a, a bigger light. Um, both seem to be, he and Mark Rick seem both to be really well-liked, um, good guys. And recently have, everyone's doubted him. I mean, if you remember Rick a couple of years ago, everyone was calling for his head. And now it seems like there may be some sort of resurgence. Um, maybe it's because the, the money is freed up for Arsenal. Uh, maybe it was a joke, but I, I, you know, I told you I thought Arsenal was going to win the EPL this year. I'm, I'm, uh, I guess I'm going to stick with it, but they have a, a ton of talent, and you just, like Georgia, you just wonder if they're ever going to be able to put it together. So when I was reading that, I was just, you know, like, oh, there it is again. There, There's just so many parallels here.
1: Well, and I think uh, one specific connection that we had made um, this uh, before the show was in regards to Georgia, you have uh, Grayson Lambert under the under center at quarterback, who is a castaway from Virginia. Um, and, you know, we sort of were like, well, Mark Rick is sort of, you know, and he definitely has it within him to just be like, okay, you're the smartest guy on the field. Don't lose any of these games. Mm-hmm. And um, Arson Wenger doesn't really, I would say, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, play not to lose. But I would say that, and the article did mention this as well, there are times that he will be okay with losing as long as the team looked good. And both are equally frustrating for fans. Greg, what do you think?
2: Um, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I, uh,
1: being an Arson Wenger
2: fan as I am, um, you know, I, I have to admit that he's probably not the greatest manager in the world. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's – I think his biggest flaw is uh, – loyalty, I think, you know, and commitment to his philosophy, um, and his way of playing and also his players, um, I, I and, you know, I could be, he might just suck, you know, but I, I, I think that, um, you know, his, his commitment to attacking soccer, um, is, it's, it's stupid and it's naive, um. And it's and it's backwards. You know, and it's um I mean it, you know, any any five year old soccer fan could tell you, um, you know, when you're up one nothing, you know, you don't have to score again. <laughs> you know, kill the games, <laughs> right? Um you know, but I I also think, you know, Arsenal I mean Arson has uh commitment to his players and you know, I I think based on what I know about his personality and stuff, I I this you know, this is all conjecture, but it feels like he looks at these young men that he's like raised from teenagers, you know, uh, many of them as um, sons, you know. Um right. I, and I think I think he looks at, you know, the twenty what, twenty three year old Jack Wilshire or whatever, or uh what Walcott's like twenty four or twenty five and he sees like a young man, right, who's, you know, still early. Uh but he's that's pretty much you're like reaching the you know Middle age, prime of your career, um, and if you don't, if you can't do it yet, um, you probably ain't gonna do it, you know. Um, and so, I, I think his commitment to his players is laudable, but when you combine that with Arsenal's inability to sign other teams' best players, um, you're going to get a good team that is nowhere
1: near the best, you know, in the world. Yeah, I, and I think when you, you talk about his loyalty, it certainly can be a very positive thing for players. But I think the issue comes in when the loyalty is not uh, returned, as it were. I mean, there's year after year. It seemed like over the last uh, seven or eight years, Arsenal would lose their best player, um, and so you know that's where that's where it becomes pretty sticky for them. Um, earlier this week, we saw that uh, Jose Mourinho took the radical step of banning jokes from practice. There's no jokes and there's no banter. So, following this, they went out and won in the Champions League very comfortably. I'm wondering, Greg, what is it that you think Arsenal Wenger should ban from Arsenal to get them to win their next Champions League game? Um, probably. I mean,
2: yeah, probably laughter. You're yeah, right. They, they seem like a really happy team, a really close team. If someone's laughing, they have to do, I don't know, like 200 push-ups. Why not? You know? And I, I, think, I think if they ban laughter, um, they got a chance at this thing.
1: That seems to be the trend. true. do you think this is something that could get Georgia over the hump to win an SEC title?
2: No, Georgia plays
0: in the SEC. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I don't, I don't think banning laughter could. I, I think Ar. Uh, I think Arsenal should ban like some any stylist that they have come in because usually they have some guys with just awful haircuts. I mean, I've been but I don't know what I don't know what Arsene Wenger can do. I I mean, it's it's crazy because I I like Arsene Wenger and I I want Arsenal to win, which is weird as a Liverpool fan. Or how about this? I don't mind when they win because. Like I said, there's so much parallel between them and Georgia. It's like I want them to do well, but I kind of know they're not going to. I know, I know they're going to fail. It's like the whole Charlie Brown thing, you know? It's where they they pull the football out right before you go to kick it, and it's like, dang, that sucks. You know, it's just it's tough to to watch, tough to be part of. I, and something that I'll I'll never forget is that Robin van Persie red card in the Champions League against Barcelona. Which I is was, uh, probably the worst call I've ever seen, where he kicked the ball like half a second too late um, in like a deafening 100,000, you know, a, a re, you know stadium. At the, um, oh god, uh, that that was that was uh, ridiculous, and it's so much like something that would happen to Georgia.
1: Yeah, well, it's, uh, Georgia has both teams. You know, as, you, as you've been saying, have uh, plenty of of evidence to their um, mediocre past, but. Uh, As we uh, just project forward a little bit, um, Drew, at the beginning of the season, uh, thought that Arsenal could win the uh, Premier League. Uh, Would like to get Greg's assessment so far and what he sees uh, coming out of this season in in the Premier League and the Champions League. And then, Drew, we can uh, revisit your prediction, even though we're only a month in, and see if uh, you have any changes. So, Greg, what do you think about Arsenal so far based upon what you've seen? I think we are going to finish fourth.
2: <laughs> or, or, or third, you know uh, surprise um yeah it's 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 just another season um you know i, I think i don't know, i guess since we sold Ben percy we've uh Arsenal have needed uh you know a world class striker and probably um you know if if not a world class midfielder then then cover for uh Cochran and um we haven't gotten that, and so, you know, we're going – you know, we're we're in place. We're going to be third or fourth. Um, I think that, you know, City already have the league wrapped up, to be honest. I think Chelsea will turn it around and, you know, finish second or third. I think um, United will probably make fewer mistakes than Arsenal, even though I think United are trash this year. But they'll make fewer mistakes than Arsenal uh they'll lose they'll lose fewer games they're supposed to win and uh they'll probably finish third. <laughs> so, you know, maybe Arsenal will finish fourth. Who knows?
0: Thanks, <laughs> hey,
2: let, we'll let me ask you
0: this. <laughs> let me ask let me ask you this. Um why do you think that and it's just baffling to me. It seems like that Arsenal finally have money to spend and you know for the last two years you could see that center defense is is something they need to address. Like a center defense of mid and and a striker and it's, they haven't you know I got the I know they got Sanchez but he's not now out no, striker he plays on the wing so I'm curious if if a fan like myself can see this and and the money's there why do you think that they haven't um, signed anyone big and, and I I go back to it again I mean it's London it's Arsenal they're gonna be in Champions League um, you know I, I don't get it
2: I don't I don't think that Arsenal have the ability to sign um, the best strikers in the world I, I don't um, I know that they, they say they can sign everyone but you know if you look at our best players uh, well I guess our marquee players um, you know first was Ozil and he was, he was benched at Real Madrid so he was expendable you know he was expendable um, Alexis Sanchez was coming off the bench at Barcelona he was expendable uh, Petr Cech was second string at Chelsea he was expendable you know, um, I think the mark of a good team is can can you go out and sign I, of a great team is, is can you go out and sign um, another team's best player? You know, uh, do you have do you have money and the prestige to do so? Um, Arsenal don't, and so you know, I mean, I think Giroud is um, a terrible man, um, <laughs> and I think you know, I think he'll probably end up in hell or something, but. You know there aren't all, you know if you look at the clear-cut better strikers than Giroud, um, they're all you know the best players at a position on their team, and um, you know and they're all at good teams, and so they're not going to come they're not going to come to Arsenal, um, and so if you're signing another guy who's gonna miss chances like Giroud, why even waste
0: the money? You know. Well, okay, well let me ask you this then. So I, as a Liverpool fan, you know I deal with the the same thing. We're we're constantly selling our best players. and and bringing in players who are really talented but have risk to them. So why wouldn't they bring in, like, a Benteke, Arsenal? Because I think he would be an upgrade over Giroud. I think so, too.
2: Um, I don't, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how much. Um, And also, I I think that it might be a case of, I mean, because, you know, I mean, Benteke was linked to Arsenal, what, two two years ago, and a year ago or something? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly think it's a case of Arsenal are looking at the best best players, and they're not going to get them, and so they're letting they're like, oh, I don't care if Benteke goes to Liverpool, or whatever. We're going to get you know Benzema or Cavani, or or Suarez or someone like that, and then they're, they're never going to come. I mean, I think I think there was a legitimate chance at one point of you know getting Suarez from Liverpool, and then when they did that. That trash, what was it like? Forty million plus one pound thing. Right. like a slap in the face. That yeah. was it, man. That I mean, that was that was it. If we had Luis Suarez now, um, I think that we would be positioned to win the league either just through his genius or through other players who are going to come sign. I mean, come, you know, sign and play with Luis Suarez. It's a statement of intent yeah. when we sign another team's best player, especially like within the within the you know within the same league. You know, if we go right. around and say. Here, we're gonna throw money down Liverpool's throat and get Luis Suarez. You know that's that's a statement of intent. <laughs> you know, you know uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid have rules against that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so, <laughs> uh, and so you know, I, I don't. I think Arsenal are a second tier team or third tier team um, in the world, and they see themselves as a first tier team because um, you know other players. Other teams' bench players have come over here and, and done well. And so they, you know, you know, you, but I think you have to be honest. You like we have Alexis Sanchez because
1: Barcelona didn't mind losing him.
2: You know, we we have Metsudozo because Real Madrid didn't mind losing him.
1: Yeah. You I, I bring up a really great point about the uh, statement of intent. I mean, the way Chelsea throws around money sometimes, even just getting Falcao, it seemed like they did that for the hell of it. And considering how much he's played, maybe they did. But it's still that, that same mentality when you're a player around the world, you just can tell, like, oh, these guys, mean business, they don't give a fuck. They're going to do whatever yeah. it takes to win. And, you know, maybe there is a, a difference between that and, and, again, paralleling that back to, to UGA. I mean, you could say that about Nick Saban, whereas you couldn't say that about UGA. Um, yeah. You could even look how long it took us to miles. get an indoor
0: practice facility.
1: Well, yeah, the indoor practice facility is one, but then I would even go, uh, to, the, to the other side and, 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 and talk about how uh, even even the um, player personnel uh, issues that come up at Georgia, where it seems like uh, Mark Rick is very quick to suspend players, whereas other coaches definitely are more lenient. And, you know, that maybe speaks to a structural issue or an SEC or conference or whatever issue. The fact of the matter is players know that kind of stuff. They know who's willing to go to bat. They know who's willing to do what. They know you know exactly like what Greg was saying. You're you, you're making statements with your actions, and um, you know Arsenal's statements with their actions have been will settle. Fair yeah. or unfair? Hey,
0: James, can I throw this in there? Um, we were hitting hitting on the Champions League and these top clubs, and I'm wondering. There's a big divide now from Barcelona. Real Madrid, and Bayern Munich. And then you could say there's everybody else. I mean, Man you wants to think they're in that conversation, but in reality they're not. Um, so do you guys think that that gap is going to widen, or do you think it's going to narrow? I mean, do you see anyone else winning Champions League in the next few years besides um, the three?
1: Well, I don't, but I, and I think a large reason for that, and Jim, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago with Jimmy on the podcast, but about the fair play rules you know, you really, it's really, really difficult for teams to spend the required money that they need in order to get up to that top tier. Um, I, so I think that, you know, until teams really, really invest in their youth teams and, like, really develop their own talent to where they don't have to spend lavish amounts of money, then I don't think you're going to see much change at all. Greg, what do you think?
2: Uh, I, I, You know, I see city getting in there, maybe. Uh... I don't know. PSG are talking, you know, they're talking bullshit about signing, uh, Ronaldo and, and that the back here. <laughs> I mean, they're not right. But if they get, if they get Ronaldo or something like that, um, maybe, uh, I don't, I, I don't think Chelsea are, uh, good enough to, uh, these teams, you know, over two legs or even, um, on a one-off final, you know, uh, I, Maybe City, um, if they, you know, I, I still think City are probably two players away, you know, from um, from getting there. Even though they're gonna, I think they'll win Premier League by maybe 18, 20 points this year. But you know, I think they're two
1: players away from being on the level of Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, and Bayern Munich. I would agree with that. I think City would be the closest team from England um, because yeah. again, they have really developed in their uh, infrastructure, um, both locally and globally, um, and I—I I don't think you can say the same for Chelsea. But I do think Chelsea will always—they um, will always be, you know, very close because they have so many players out on loan. It's like they're playing right. the stock market, and they could hit it big at
0: any point. Um, I mean, and, and Man City spends a ton of money. I mean, I forgot that they even brought Kevin de Bruyne. In. Uh, you know, and yeah, you know, the, you look at Sterling who obviously I think he's a wonderful player, wonderful, wonderful talent. But is that the buy you want in champ, you know, and going head to head in the champion league, go, go get Marco Royce. Who's, you know, a, a much more refined professional in his prime. And, you know, I, I just don't think that's, that was the right move for them. But yeah, I agree with you guys. City in a few years could be. Man, I like mean, Sterling in there.
2: I don't, I don't, I don't have anything wrong. I think Sterling, um, I think Sterling was going to languish at Liverpool. No, no offense, no offense, but you know, I, I think playing with you know Man, Manchester City's players every day um, is better off for for um, Raheem. And I, you know, I think in two or three years he's going to be the shit. <laughs> like, I mean, he's kind of shit yeah, now. No doubt. You know, it's just like his final uh, you know, his final ball isn't isn't quite there yet. And uh, you know, I, I think you see this with a lot of really, really great players. And including like uh when he was at Chelsea, you know, um and then he went uh to Wolfsburg and he got his final ball right and he had twenty six last year or something like that. Um right. and you saw it with like Chris Shaw Ronaldo where he was clearly the best player in the Premier League but didn't have that final ball and then he did and broke, you know, what was it, the Premier League scoring record and then went to Real Madrid he had five five goals like
1: last weekend <laughs> you know in his yeah. game <laughs>
2: and did he have three yesterday or Tuesday?
1: Yeah, I think that's right because he definitely yeah.
2: had eight. I mean, this guy had like eight goals in three days. You, you know, I, I I don't know, to me, you all that's missing is that, is that maturity and like and valuing what you do when it's time to give the ball up and He'll develop that. He,
0: what, how old is he, 17, 18, 19, 21, something like that? I think, he, I think he's 20.
2: 20? Missed it. <laughs> yeah. So. No, yeah, he,
0: he's great. I'm just wondering why not get him in two or three years? Like, why not buy him then? Because money is no issue to them. FIFA fair play doesn't really matter, um, as we've seen. And and so why not buy someone a little bit more proven? And maybe their, their intent that we're starting to see is, we're going to grow these guys together, build a team. We're not going to worry about Champions League right now. Maybe it'll be in a couple of years. Yeah, I think yeah, that's,
1: that's probably what they're doing.
2: Well, they have so many international players that, I mean, Sterling is really, really important because he's an English, he's, uh, he's an English player, right? So it, it, he's, he's much more valuable um, in, in the Premier League and in Champions League because he fills one of the slots that you have to have with an right. English-trained, yeah. flesh player. So uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's to me. I think it's I think it's Messi, Ronaldo, and then like in the in the second tier is like to me Luis Suarez, Neymar, and Marco Royce. I think Marco Reus is the shit. <laughs> like he's my favorite player in the whole world. Oh yeah, but, he's uh, yeah. I mean, he's I think he's unbelievable. I I don't understand what he's doing um, as Borussia Dortmund. But you know, I, I I think Manchester City would have and could have gone and got him if if they, there just wasn't a world class young useless player like you know um, Arsenal have been you know you know I guess flirting with Mark Marquardt for two or three years now. Bill never they're never going to sign him. You know he's going to go to a place like Manchester City or Chelsea or uh, Barcelona. I think I have heard him, you know, or Real Madrid. And that's the difference
1: yeah. between who can win Champions League and who's not.
0: Right. And you go
1: out and get Marco Royce if you want to?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I think I would probably throw Eden Hazard into that second tier as well, but uh Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. He's in there. Uh, well just one last uh subject to touch upon and i you know, we're running low on time. I suppose we could throw in a Trump joke, but I don't think it's going to make the cut this time. Luckily, there's about 18 more debates coming, so we'll have plenty of time to get that in. But I did want to talk about the uh, updates in the FIFA corruption scandal because uh, there have been some... Uh, well, you know, obviously, when, when it happened, the, the United States... Uh, I believe it was the FBI, or at least the Department of Justice, um, arrested uh, several members of FIFA, and it looked like uh, it really set in motion a big sort of cleaning up of the corruption at FIFA. At least that was what we hoped. Um, at any rate, it didn't look like any of that was going to affect the United States in any way, but it appears that it already will. Um, as uh, It's sort of been in the works for a little while, but the United States has been named the host of the Copa America. This will be the first time that the Copa America has ever been held outside of South America uh, because it's the 100th year of the Copa America. They wanted to do something a little bigger. They were going to invite the U.S. and Mexico uh, to be a part of the festivities and host the games in uh, in the United States next summer. Um, because of all of the fallout from FIFA, it now appears that um, the United States will skip a planning meeting that was supposed to occur today. Uh, it's Thursday, September Mm, I don't even remember. 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. Yeah, 7 um, <laughs> the, Anyway, the point is, nine months away, this tournament is going to begin, and the United States is skipping planning meetings. So the opportunity to see Neymar, to see Suarez, to see Lionel Messi play in the United States is quickly slipping from our fingertips. Guys, um, the whole FIFA corruption has been a disaster uh, whether it relates to racism within the game, whether it relates to corruption, whether it relates to literally murdering people to build stadiums. Uh, this is the, the latest domino. What do you see as some of the more detrimental effects? And how how great would the Copa America in the United States be for the game's development in the United States?
2: Um, I I think it would be invaluable. Um you know, with the United, you know, I, well, I think it would be a good it'd be a good test to see, you know, where soccer is in the United States if you bring a bunch of people from, you know, Central and South America, and um, who aren't on the United States, you, you know, who aren't uh, American teams, and you know, you get to go see Neymar and Luis Suarez and you know Edinson Cavani and, and stuff like that, you know, um, that, that would that would be – I would be interested to see, like, what the numbers are and what the interest is that you can go and, and watch, um, you know, Chile's or Argentina or something like that. Um, because, I, you know, I, I consider, you know, probably I, – I, it's my favorite club tournament. And, I mean, it's my favorite uh, international tournament in the world after the World Cup. And so, you know, it would be interesting to see if people would just want to go
0: and watch soccer, as opposed
2: to go and watch the United States. Right. Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I think it would be good uh, just as a litmus test, you know, and and see. And for me, personally, I would go to as many games as I could that were close to me, just as a soccer fan. So I'm upset about the possibility of not having it. But I'm saying, uh, you know, big picture, I think it would be good to kind of see where the sport's at.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think um, more so than just to see where the sport is, it could definitely open up more – um, more of sort of a talent pipeline from South America to North America um, in terms of building out the MLS. Uh, give some of the South American players a chance to play in some of the new soccer-specific stadiums in the United States, and you can really see uh, some significant traction in terms of where some of the young uh, players who are playing in Brazil and Uruguay uh, to come up to the United States, because a lot of them will stay at home and wait for a big opportunity to go to Europe. You know, the United States could become much more of an attractive option to some of these players, which is only going to build up the league and improve, really, the game uh, overall, at least potentially, at least in my hopeful brain. You know, Really, if I'm being honest, it's all about how can Atlanta United win the MLS as soon as possible, and That's maybe right. this is it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, well, that is uh, going to wrap it up for the Golden Gold podcast today. Really appreciate you uh, joining us, Greg. Greg, um, can you tell the people out there how they can find you on the Twitter sphere and the interwebs and all that? Yeah, uh, I'm at greghoward88 on Twitter, um, and I write at Um You can also find him bemoaning the results of Arsenal on Twitter, which uh, is actually what sparked this invitation. <laughs> um, so, you know, we look forward uh, to checking in with you again. Hopefully uh, Arsenal can win before we talk next time. Uh, but definitely appreciate you joining us. Uh, Drew, definitely hope you enjoy the weekend in, in Athens. And, uh, and, again, thank you for uh, setting all of this up. You can find uh, the Golden Goal podcast on iTunes now. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr at goldengoldpod.tumblr.com. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud at goldengoldpod. So for Drew Collins, I'm James Carr. Thank you for joining us. Good job, Okay, cool. Um, did you want to do that intro for us? Basically, all we're looking for is something like, you know, this is Greg, Greg Howard, a writer for Deadspin, and this is the Golden Gold Podcast. And then yeah. op- optional at the end is to say that it's the greatest soccer podcast in the world or just the greatest podcast in the world. <laughs> or even, that is, even that is mediocre. Honestly, I'll throw in an honest opinion. Yes, yeah, say,
0: say mediocre. That's that's fine. <laughs> right. However
1: you actually feel.
0: Um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, so just, just above go average. for
1: it. Um, yeah, above average. That'd be nice. But, anyway, go for it. Uh, This is Greg Howard,
2: uh, right at Despin, and you're on the Golden Goal podcast, uh, which is arguably in some circles the greatest podcast of all time.
1: (laughs) I I like that a lot. Perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Hey, Greg, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah,
1: I'll try and get this up uh, today, and I'll tag you on Twitter so you'll know uh, where to find it. Awesome. Beautiful. All right, man.
0: See you
1: you soon. All right. Have a good day, guys.